Thanks for joining us online today. We're really glad you're with us. Yeah, Core Church is a place of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. And we want you to come see us at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can be of any support to you, we'd love to connect with you. There's lots of links in the description below, whether that's prayer or support in any way. We pray that this message is going to both encourage you and inspire you. I'm Eric, and I'm one of the pastors here, and I'm excited to be speaking this morning. Uh, we are going to be in the book of Ephesians. It's in the New Testament, so if you have your Bibles with you, grab them out. Go to the book of Ephesians. If you don't have a Bible, I encourage you to download Version. Another app that I think will be helpful for you is an app called Bible Hub. Both of those apps will be helpful for you as you make time for your daily devotions. Our word for the year that we have been saying all year long is this phrase, inconvenient faith. And what we've been saying is convenient Christianity is the enemy of your soul. Convenient Christianity is the enemy of your soul. And over the course of this whole year, what we've been doing in the different series is that we've been doing is looking at our eight core practices, which on Vision Day, we started calling our eight inconvenient practices. Because as you start to look at them, and as you start to practice them, and as you start to live them out, you realize that they're inconvenient you realize that it's not easy to follow Jesus. It's not easy to do the things that he's called us to do. What you realize is that it's inconvenient. Right now we're in a series that's all about godly friendships. And what we're calling it is inconvenient friendships. Week one, we talked about church as family. Week two, we talked about church as a people. And today, as I mentioned earlier, we're gonna be in Ephesians chapter four. And if you are new to the scriptures the book of Ephesians was actually a letter that was written by Paul to the early church. The early church didn't have the scriptures together like we have them here or like we have the access to on our phones. They didn't have them together like that. And the way that they would experience the letter that Paul wrote to the early church was that when they would gather together, the letter would be read. And this letter that Paul wrote was written to equip and to encourage the early church. And we're going to be looking at a few parts of this letter this morning. The first part that we're going to be looking at is Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 through 6. And uh, just so you can follow along, I read out of the New Living Translation. And verse 1 through 6 says this. Therefore, I, Paul, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, in all, and living through all. Jump down to verse 16. Verse 16 says this. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. Today, we're going to talk about the church united in the spirit. Let's pray. God, thank you for this time that we have. Thank you for this place that we have to gather. Thank you for this moment that we are sharing and experiencing together. And I pray that as we continue to look at your word, I pray that our, our minds would be open. I pray that our hearts would be open and that we would be transformed as we continue to look at your scriptures. 
And as I speak and as I talk, I, I wanna say only what you want me to say. Nothing more, nothing less. Again, we thank you for this moment. Everybody said, amen. amen. You may be seated. Well, the back-to-school season is in full swing. Some of you are starting this week, and I know you're just super pumped and excited for the start of school. Summer got boring, and you just got over. You got tired of sleeping in. It just was too much rest, and you're just ready for the routine of things going back to school. Some of the students in here are just looking at me with like a blank stare. They're like, he's not talking to me. I know that's for sure. But, but the back-to-school back season is in full swing, and one of the things I'm really excited about is, is that local high school football season is, is ramping up. I absolutely love local high school football. There's been a couple of scrimmages that I've seen, and I'm just excited for what's to come. And before we know it, it's going to be time for those glorious Friday night lights. Like just sitting there and just experiencing everything about it is just an absolute blast. I mean, you've got, again, you've got the lights, you've got the, the feel of the crowd, you've got the chants, you've got the cheers, you've just got the, the loud, crazy music that is just so much fun. And, and if you were, or if you are a cheerleader, good on you. But the truth is, you always need people in the crowd. You need people in the crowd that are positioned to chant and to cheer and just to ramp the crowd up so that they're excited. And maybe you've been to a game and you've seen that crazy student section that's at the end zone. I absolutely love that. You see the students just screaming their hearts out, no matter how good or bad their team is, they're just screaming their hearts out for this team that is just gonna win the championship. Probably not, but they think that they're going to win the championship. And so they're just screaming, yeah, God! They're just giving it. I love that. And as a student, maybe in high school, you looked at those students and you were embarrassed for them. Or maybe as a parent now, you go to the games and you look at that student section and you're talking to your spouse and you're like, thank God that is not one of our kids. <laughs> well, for those of you that did not know me in high school, I was that student. And for my parents, I was that kid. I was the kid that was just absolutely nuts at these games. So much so that my senior year in high school, we had the brilliant idea to start a group called The Crew. And we spelled it with a K because we were just that cool. We made t-shirts, we did the whole thing. And here's what The Crew was all about. What we were specifically created and designed by God to do was to be in the crowd Supporting the cheerleaders, right? But being in the crowd to pump up everybody that was gathered to cheer on our team. And what we would do is we would, we would dress up according to the theme for the night, if there was one. If there wasn't, we would just wear our crew with the K t-shirts and we would go to the games together. But before the games, we would go out to dinner beforehand, get all pumped up on something. And then we would go to the games and cheer. Well, I mean, not that kind of something. <laughs> Come on now, this is church. We'd eat a couple hamburgers or we'd, you know, I don't know, tacos or something, whatever. We're high school kids, so we didn't have a whole lot of money. It was usually my parents' money that I was spending. Anyways, I digress. <laughs> or we would wear our crew shirts, and then we would show up at the game, and we would just gather somewhere in the crowd, surround ourselves with everybody, and we would just pump everybody up. It was just an incredible, incredible thing. And just to, just to give you guys a glimpse of what I was like in high school, because I know you're all chomping at the bit to see... I've got a picture of me in high school. We got a picture of the crew. Do we got that? Let's, yeah, look at that. 
there, there, oh, hey now, hey. There is the crew with the K. Now, some of you are like, all right, which one is he? Let's play this game. This is really fun. Uh, there's a lot of bleached blonde boys up there, and so it might be hard for you to figure out which one is me. So if you, if you can't tell, some of you are like, I know, I've seen this picture. But for those of you that don't, we're going to zoom in here for just a second. Here is a picture of, here's, yeah, look at that. There's me right there. Yeah. I used to do a thing. I used to pull my hair through a cap, and by me, I, I don't mean me. I mean, I mean somebody else would pull my hair through a cap and bleach the tip. So that's that's... My bleach tips in high school, it's just in all of its glory. And thankfully, I've got more hair now than I did then, which is pretty great. I'm really excited about that. But let's go back to the main crew picture. Look at that. Who would not want that crew with the K cheering you on? Like, just picture, <laughs> just picture this group at a football game. Isn't that great? I mean, those pants, look at those pants that I am wearing. Oh, my gosh. Clearly, that's not my shirt. It's like three sizes too small. Oh, okay, let's get rid of the picture there. Thanks, guys. That, that, if you can imagine that crew cheering you on, I, I, I definitely can. I remember one football game vividly. Like, just, it is a core memory that I have. Our team was playing the best that they'd ever had. This was a football game. It was a semifinals game. And just as the movies go, it was tied at halftime. And so what the crew decided to do, we decided to jump down onto the track that goes around the field, and we were going to pump up the crowd. And what we were going to do is we were going to play a game called Buck Buck. And what this game is, for those of you that don't know, some of you are shaking your head. You're my people. Uh, what, what you do is you, you get a bottom. It's kind of like a human pyramid stacking game, but a lot more dangerous. Probably wouldn't play it today if I'm being honest with you. What you do is you get a line of people and you, you stand together and you can either lock arms and lean down like this or just kind of lean over against the, the person next to you. But you want to keep your head out of the way because what happens is that is the bottom line of support for people to run and to kind of use a, you know, like a springboard action. And then what you do, Lindsay, she's got like eyes, like, like you just saw a deer that you're about to hit. She's like, oh my gosh, my kids will never do this. They will, they will. But this is what you do. You run and you just jump and you just kind of propel your body forward and you slam right on top of that bottom line of support people. And then you go and you go and you go until that bottom line support people just can't take it anymore. All the while we're doing that, we're screaming and we're chanting, we're like, come on! And when somebody falls off, we're like, yeah, come on, somebody else! Like it's just mad chaos for the only specific purpose to pump up the crowd. So we do that, everybody's fired up, and then the game is back on, and we are just going nuts. I mean, we're just going absolutely crazy. For every point that they scored, we did push-ups. That's why I look the way I do today. We did push-ups for every point that was scored. I mean, and it was just, it was just magic. And again, like it was just one of those special moments in high school, and, and, and we won the game, and by we, I mean uh, the football team, but afterwards, we all went to Brahms to celebrate. But when we were doing those push-ups, I remember just vividly looking around and just taking it all in. I'm kind of a, I'm going to take this all in kind of person. And so I'm looking at all these guys that I'm doing this with, and I'm like, this is so much fun. Like, it was just an absolute blast. I remember looking around and thinking how much fun that we were having and just how incredible it was to be a part of a group like this. The crew with a K. And whether or not you've been a part of a crew with a K, we all can understand what it means to be a part of something. 
right? Like we can all understand what that feels like. Maybe for some of you, it is a club at school that you're a part of, or maybe it's a team that you play for, or maybe your kid is playing for a team. And so there's that, that commonality that you have with the other parents that's on the team with your kid, or maybe it's a, uh, it's a gym membership that you have. And so there's that, that commonality that you have of being a part of that gym membership. Or maybe you just cheer for the same team as somebody else. And so there's that thing that just brings you together. You're a part of something together. Question I have is, have you ever thought of, of this as that? Like, how about this, about being here? We come here and we experience this moment together. But my question is, are they the same? Think about that. Like, is this gathering, what makes Core Church, Core Church, is this gathering the same? Like, what's different, what, what's the difference in being part of a club and being part of a team and being part of a gym, being part of an organization? What's the difference between that and then gathering as the body of Christ? Have you ever wondered that? I think this question just really sums it up. The question of why am I here? And I think if we were all being honest, I think we would say we've asked that question at one point or another. And this, this is not a, like in the grand scheme of the cosmos, like why am I here kind of question. This is, a, this is a today, right now, in this moment, why am I here kind of question. That's the kind of question that this is. Why am I a part of core church? Why am I a part of Sunday worship? Why am I a part of core teams? Why am I a part of serve week, of core groups? Why have I decided to be a part of everything that makes Core Church, Core Church. And some of the responses that might be going through your head, some of them might be this. It's, it's what I've always done. It's to pacify my family. My parents make me come. Any students wanna raise your hands on that one? Maybe don't raise your hands, you'll be painting a target on your back. But may, maybe, that's, maybe that's a legitimate response that you have. Maybe, Maybe you don't know why that you're here. Maybe you can't remember what it was that drew you in in the first place. Or maybe you would say it's for the experience. Maybe you would say it's because it feels good. My friends are here. Or I'm here so that I can learn how to make good moral choices. Maybe those are some of your, your thoughts. And those aren't bad reasons. But if it stops there, like if it doesn't go any further, if it doesn't go any deeper than that, then we should probably stick with the team or the club or the organization because the thing is, we can feel what we feel on a Sunday with that club, with that team, with that membership, with that organization, because it's something that we belong to. There's excitement. There's friendship. Like, that's what I was feeling with the crew whenever we were playing that game and doing those push-ups. That's why I was taking that whole experience in, because it was an incredible experience as we were cheering on the team together. So... What's the difference then with everything that makes this place what it is? As we read earlier, when Paul uses this phrase where he says in verse three, united in the spirit is what Paul says. What does that mean? And what sets us apart from the rest of the world? Let's look back at the scripture. In Ephesians chapter four, verse three through four, says this, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. 
What Paul is saying here, as he says, united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace, one body, what he's saying is that we are not meant to be individuals here. This is not meant to be an individual experience. We are meant to be one body. And if you're wondering why we do what we do, that's, that is why we do what we do. That's why we have you turn and talk to one another. That's why we have a connection time. That's why we, we strongly encourage talking and gathering in the lobby. That's why we take communion. That's why we serve in teams. That's why we gather in our core groups because it is the Holy Spirit of God that unites our spirits together. That is what's at the heart of everything that we do and why we do it because we understand the power of the Holy Spirit that is uniting our spirits as we gather together. Look at verse 16, I love this. Verse 16 says this, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Perfectly. Like what, I, I love the way that, that that's described. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. This is the body of Christ. This is what Paul is talking about. And what he's talking about is that we collectively, corporately, as we gather in our different environments that make core church what it is, we are the body of Christ. And Jesus is at the center of all of it. Of every single thing that we do, Jesus is at the center of it. There's, there's nothing else to have in the center of it other than Jesus. And, there, and nothing against Pilates, but we're not Pilates, okay? Some of you love that, and that's fine. You'll be judged. But we, we're not Pilates, okay? <laughs> we're, we're better than that. We're better than a, than a club. We're better than an organization. And another thing to understand is that this isn't like going to a friendship lunch, Okay, this isn't like going to a coffee hangout. And if I can take a sidestep for just a second, there's a coffee shop in downtown Broken Arrow. Pastor Brad and I were talking about this this week. It's called Lorenay's. Some of you have been there before. Guys, you gotta go to this coffee shop. And by guys, I mean men. Like men, you've gotta go to this coffee shop. We need more guys in the coffee shop other than me and Pastor Brad as we're sitting there. It just gets a little awkward when there's all these moms coming in with their kids and these hangouts. And I, I get it, it's a great place, but it's, it's really great, guys, you should go. So anyways, I digress. We just need more men at the coffee shop. This is different than that. All of those different environments are great. Lorenay's is a cool place, but this is different than that. What makes Core Church, Core Church, the different environments we have, this is the Holy Spirit that is at work. It's the Holy Spirit that is at work uniting us together. Like if you think about the division, if you think about the chaos, if you think about the things in this world that we have experienced, that we have been a part of, the disunity that we can have and that we can experience and that we can observe, this is why this gathering and what makes Core Church, Core Church and the different environments that we have is so important because it is the Holy Spirit that is, that is uniting us together. This is what separates the church from the rest of the world. We are united by the Holy Spirit. I want you to write that down. We are united by the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes we can wonder what sets us apart, what makes us different, that's what it is. That's what makes us se separate and different from the rest of the world. We are united by the Holy Spirit. And we gather to learn what it means to live in covenant together. That's so important. 
we learn what it means to live in covenant together. Again, this isn't an individual experience. Something that I, I learned just over the, the course of my sabbatical, going to these different environments and these different churches, it was mostly an individual experience. There was one time my family was able to come with me, but other than that, it was an individual experience that I had. I had, I had zero connection to the place, to the people, to anything. So why do we do what we do here in our different environments that make up Sunday worship, our core teams, our core groups? Because we want you to feel united in the spirit with the body of Christ. It's not just to fill time. It's not just to, well, it might be nice to get people together. I mean, everybody's got to eat. Yeah, that's true. But what happens in those different environments is that the Holy Spirit unites us together. And we gather to learn what it means to live in covenant together, to learn what it means to be a healthy and growing body, as Paul mentioned earlier. And here's what I, I, I really want you to understand. And here's what I really want you to take home. And I want you to personally own this. We need all parts of the body. We need all parts of the body. What you do, who you are, your presence here in this place and amongst these people it matters, it matters. And here's what I want you to write down. It takes the whole body. It takes me, I'm a part of the body. It takes the whole body. It takes me, I'm a part of the body. We need you. We need you, we need you, we need you. I think that's something you can turn and tell the person next to you. Tell them we need you. A few years ago, I, I broke a bone in my, in my left hand here. I got this really cool scar to prove it. And I <laughs> destroyed, were my doctor's words, my UCL. It's the ligament that uh, attaches your thumb to the rest of your hand. And turns out, um, when that is destroyed, as my doctor said, it's kind of a big deal. Uh, your hand doesn't work the way that it's supposed to. And... It's never something cool. Like, I don't have a cool injury story. Uh, this in particular, like, I wasn't, I wasn't rock climbing off the coast of Thailand or something like that, you know? Like, that just sounds so sexy, but it's just not true. I was sledding down a hill, trying to show off after I stole a sled from a nine-year-old. That's, and it wasn't my child, so I guess that makes it even worse. Uh, but he took it from me first, so there's that. And I just, I just had to show him, you know? It's just, it's just what you do as a guy. You just got to search your place. And for that nine-year-old, I put him in his place. And the fact that I'm breaking out in a cold sweat makes me think that it's still just a little bit fresh. But anyways, I digress. <clears throat> so I injured my hand. And because of, the, because of the, the, the damage that was done, I had to meet with this, this specialist and he informed me that my body was not gonna be able to heal, that I needed to have surgery. So I had surgery and after the surgery was over, my doctor began to describe to me the healing process. And I, I'm not a medical person. And so I'm just sitting here stunned and just amazed 
at what he is saying to me. He would say things like, there are things that different parts of your body are going to do that are going to help your hand heal. And what I, what I cannot stress enough is that you have got to trust your body to do what it is designed to do. There are things that your heart is going to do to help your hand that is hurt heal. The things, there are things that your, your regular hand that isn't hurt, there's things that it's going to do that is gonna help your hand that is hurt heal. He said that the way my hand that wasn't hurt was going to move was going to remind the nerves in this hand that was hurt how to, how to do the hand thing. Like, it's, it's, it's amazing. And another thing that he told me was that this hand, the importance of using this was so vital because this hand needed to be reminded of what it was supposed to do. It's just, it's just fascinating. He said that there were things that the different parts of my body that were going to, to have happen was so important that without each one of those different areas, the healing that my hand desperately needed to experience wasn't going to take place. He explained that my body was gonna produce new cells within my body that were going to help my hand heal. And this is, this is another thing that just blew my mind. When I was doing therapy on this hand, after those different sessions, which were just grueling, but were just really cool for me to experience, what he said was that you just gotta trust your body, you gotta trust your hand to do what it's supposed to do. And I'm like, but it really hurts. He's like, I know, you just gotta use it or you're gonna lose it, is what he said. And I was like, I'm gonna use it because this hand's kind of important to me. But here's what I learned. A couple weeks after these therapy sessions with my hand, what I recognized was that this hand was starting to hurt. I wasn't using this hand in therapy. And so I told my doctor this. I said, I said doctor, this hand is, is starting to hurt. And he goes, yeah. And the reason why that is happening is because the cells and nerves in this hand are at work just as much as this one is because this hand is reminding the nerves and cells in this hand how to perform. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, what does that show us? At a scientific, biological level, what does that, what does that show us? It shows us that every single part of the body is vital. It shows us that every single part of the body is important. And I had you write this down earlier, but I wanna say it again. It takes the whole body. Like, internalize this. It takes the whole body. It takes me. I am a part of the body. We've got to understand this as followers of Jesus because the reason why we gather in the different environments that make up core church it's because we are all a part of the body and your presence in those different environments is so important. Your presence in those different environments is so vital because it takes every single one of us to make this place what it is. This is what makes the church the church. This is what makes us different than all of the other groups, all of the other gatherings, all of the or other organizations. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that is working within us. And it's, it's not that we just gather and encourage one another. That's not what it is. Because you can go to work tomorrow and you know someone that can probably need some encouragement or talking about the, the game in the break room or you're walking through the hallway and you give somebody a high five, whatever. That's, it's, it's, it's more than that. But when you as a follower of Jesus, when you speak encouragement over someone, when you speak encouraging words to someone else, the power of the Holy Spirit of God, here's what happens in this moment. The power of the Holy Spirit of God comes forward from your mouth and encourages the spirit of that person. That is what's happening. That is why it's so important. That is why your presence is so important. A few weeks ago, Pastor Brad was talking about the dry bones and he shared this story from Ezekiel 37 and he shared 
from that story, how the, how the muscles and the skin of these dead, dry bones became uh, alive. The, the, the bones came together and they came to life. Muscles and tendons grew. And the whole reason that happened was because the spirit of God went from Ezekiel, the prophet, into those dry bones and raised them to life. And what we see from that story is that they were raised to life from dry, dead bones to a united army. And that right there is an incredible picture of the church, united in the spirit. And that doesn't just happen with a few people. It happens with all of us. So when you are present here for Sunday worship, when you are present with your core team, when you are present in your core group, it matters. Why? Because the presence of the Holy Spirit is in you. And what we see and what we learn and what we understand is that something happens supernaturally when we are united in the Spirit. And I'm telling you, that thing that happens is what our world desperately needs. Our world desperately needs to see the church united in the spirit, coming together as the body of Christ to make a, make a difference in our communities, to make a difference in our neighborhoods, to make a difference in our families, to make a difference in the world. The, the world desperately needs to see the church united in the spirit. There are things that only you can do as a part of the body that, that matter. They're so critical. Just like there were things in my body that different parts of my body had to do for my hand to heal properly. There were, there were things that only my hand could do, only my heart could do. At one point, he was telling me about some of my ankles were doing. I didn't really understand that. He lost me at that. But the hand-to-hand -hand thing was, was really good. What you do matters. Like, like, think about this. When you pray for someone, it matters. It makes a difference. Why? We can, we can downplay so much of, of prayer in a gathering like this or amongst our teams or amongst our groups because we can think, well, I'm just, I'm just speaking to this person, like I'm just talking, like I'm just saying words in a language that they understand, like that's just, that's all it is. But we know that that's not the case. We know that there's more to it than that. And I want you to write this down. Prayer has very little to do with me. Prayer has very little to do with me. It's the power of God moving through me. It's the power of God moving through me. Prayer has very little to do with me. It's the power of God moving through me. Something happens we can't explain. And that thing that happens, what we need to recognize is that in those moments, the spirit of God is present. And you've probably experienced this if you have prayed for someone or you've had somebody pray for you, maybe you came to the prayer team or maybe it was in the lobby. Man, one of my favorite things to do, I just got to do this with Scott last week. We were praying for his wife. One of my favorite things to do is to pray for people in the lobby. And, and another one of my favorite things about this place is when I'm walking through the lobby and I see other people praying for other people in the lobby. So what you need to know about what makes Core Church Core Church is that if you're talking about something that's going on in your life that's real, which we, we highly, strongly encourage, don't be surprised if somebody says, I'm gonna pray for you. And it's not like a, I'm, I'm, you know, I'll be praying for you. And let me, let me jot this down so I don't forget. They, they pray right there in that moment. It's one of my favorite things. I love, I love, love, love seeing that. Or maybe, maybe the, the prayer environment that you experienced was in your core group. 
And what happened in that moment was you came and there was prayer. The Spirit of God was present in those moments. And you left changed. You left different. And here's what's so cool. The Holy Spirit has a way of helping us recognize and understand when another part of the body is hurting. It helps us, it helps us feel it. It helps us sense it. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is speaking to my spirit, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to your spirit, because we are united in the spirit, and that is what you can't get anywhere else. That is what makes the gathering of the body of Christ so different and so powerful is that we are united in the spirit. Just yesterday, just yesterday, my wife and I, we were driving and we were talking and as we drive and as we take these times to uh, just drive with our boys and just kind of explore and look around, I, I, I love the talks that my wife and I have. We talk about life, we talk about our, our kids, we talk about things that we wanna do around the house. I mean, we just, we just talk and we talk and we talk. I love it. And during this time that we were talking, my wife gets a text message. And this text message was, was from a friend. And, and my wife could have texted back and that would have been fine. But because of the Holy Spirit prompting her spirit, my wife decides to call this friend. And so my wife listens, asks, asks them how they're doing, and they respond and, and talk to them about what's going on. And, and my wife just, just sits there and just listens to everything. And then what she does in that moment, because of the, of the prompting of the Holy Spirit and being united to the Holy Spirit, she says, I'm gonna pray for you and I'm gonna pray for you right now. And so then my wife begins to pray for her friend. And then what I'm doing in that moment is I am praying for my wife. And I'm also praying for the person that she's talking to. I didn't know who she was talking to, but I'm praying for that person. And what's happening in that moment is my spirit is united to their spirit and our spirits are united to the spirit of God. And I'm telling you, when she hung up that phone, we all, we all left different. We were all changed because of that conversation, a conversation that I wasn't even a part of. I was experiencing it secondhand, right? But that's what happens. It's not just a conversation. You're not just killing time when you engage and you encourage someone. It's not just this passing thing that doesn't matter. It matters. And it matters because the Holy Spirit is living in you. And so when you do something, when you say something, when you act a certain way, people receive it. They receive it in a way that impacts them and that changes them for eternity. Why? It's because of the Holy Spirit. Why does, this, why does this matter for you? I want you to look back at Ephesians chapter four, verse three through four, it says this. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit, binding yourselves together with peace for there is one body and there is one spirit. There's one, there's one body, folks. And it takes all of us. We all need each other. I want you to turn to somebody and tell them, I need you and you need me. I need you and you need me. Look at Ephesians 4, verse 5 through 6. 
Paul says this, there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, who is in all, and who is living through all. A question for you is, is the Holy Spirit living in you? Is the Holy Spirit living in you? Maybe as I've been talking, there's been this disconnect and, and I think that's what it is. Is the Holy Spirit living in you? Have you fully surrendered your life to the Holy Spirit? I wanna invite you to stand if you're able to. We're about to enter into a time of prayer and communion, but before we do that, we're gonna prepare our hearts in worship. And what I wanna do before, we, uh, before the team leads us is I wanna take this moment to pray. Again, this is, this is what you can't get anywhere else. This is what you can't get anywhere else. The church coming together as one body to pray. This is what united in the spirit looks like. It's one body united through the spirit of God coming together to pray. And as I pray, I want you to be mindful of that scripture, overall, in all, and living through all, and ask yourself, have I fully surrendered my life to the Holy Spirit? Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. I thank you for this letter that has been passed around for years upon years that we are able to have access to today in the format that we do to, to read it corporately and to learn and to be challenged and to be changed by it. I pray that in this moment, we recognize where we find ourselves when it comes to being united in the spirit. And I pray that we recognize the, the, the opportunity that we have as a part of the body to make a spiritual eternal difference in the life of your people. And I pray in this moment for those of us that might not feel like we have fully surrendered our life to the guidance and leadership of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that that would be the decision that we make right now. And I pray that you just compel us to tell somebody about it, to come to the prayer team, to experience the supernatural power of being united in the spirit in those moments. And I pray that as we continue to worship, that our hearts and minds will be open to you. Again, I thank you for this time. Amen. We hope the message you heard both encourages you and inspires you. Yeah, we'd love for you all to come and see us at Core Church at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can support you in any way or you'd like to get connected with us, there are links in the description below. Thanks again for joining us online.